Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. What an amazing church. I just love seeing different ones, different giftings, different abilities, just, just shining for His glory. And there are different ways that God reaches different people. And who knows that God needs each single one of us to be able to reach our world for Christ. He has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. He is with us, just like that video showed this morning. He is with us. He's alive today. Just as we reflect on what Jesus has done for us, it wasn't just the price that Jesus paid. It was his heavenly Father who sent him to earth. And I don't know about you, but if there's parents out there today, I know that for me, it's easier for me to suffer than to see my child suffer. But yet that's what our heavenly Holy Father did. He sent his own son to suffer in our place. He had to watch his son die in order that we would be redeemed. John 3, 3, chapter 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You see, we serve a God who wants to save us. We serve a God who wants to pursue us. We serve a God who wants to rescue us and lift us up into his glory and this morning as we reflect on what God put on the line for us we're going to be asking the question who does God save love you to turn with me if you've got your Bibles this morning we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 15 three of the most famous parables that Jesus ever taught with people and we're going to be starting to read from verse 11 this morning. We're going to be reading from the message this morning. Take a fresh look on the parable of the prodigal son. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. And it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who would assign him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, All those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. 
his heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. All this time his oldest son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. And as he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the house boys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecue beef, because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join him. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money on prostitutes shows up and you go all out with a feast. And his father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time and we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. So we see this morning the first thing that we can see that God saves people who turn from their bad choices back to him. You see, the good news this morning is it doesn't matter what mistakes we've made. It doesn't matter what lies in our past. It doesn't matter how we have rebelled against God. And even sometimes when we've made the same mistake over and over and over again, when we are ready to come to our Heavenly Father, when we are ready to turn from those ways and turn to Him, there is room in our Father's house. And we can see that our Holy Father doesn't show favoritism. That for each one who come to Him, we are received by Him. So those who have done good all their life and made good choices all their life are just, He loves the lost and the ones who've made the bad choices just as much as He loves the ones who have made the good choices. You see, there is no favoritism with God. Anyone who comes to Him and calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. To the glory of God. Yeah, give him a hand this morning. He is so good. So we see in Luke chapter 15, God saves people who turn from their bad choices back to him. Who does God save? Let's look at the second parable this morning in Luke chapter 15. I'm going to be reading from verse 8. Or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? 
And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbours. Celebrate with me. I've found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Maybe you've never heard about Jesus. Or maybe what you've heard about him was wrong. Maybe you've been lost by no fault of your own at the carelessness of others. Maybe you've been neglected. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been disappointed and disheartened or misunderstood and overlooked. Maybe you feel invisible. Maybe you've been buried. Maybe you've been crushed and trampled and tarnished by the world. But the good news this morning is that God saves those who have been hidden away. Just like that lost coin that was hidden and covered and buried and tarnished, that woman would not stop seeking until she found it. And that is what our Heavenly Father will do for each one of you. And if that's you this morning, God wants you to know that He didn't do those things to you. He has not forgotten you. You are His hidden treasure. You are absolutely priceless to Him. He wants you. He won't rest till He finds you. And when He does, He'll celebrate over you with all of His angels. The third area we're going to look at this morning about who God saves is found in verse 4 to verse 7. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? When found, you can be sure You would put it across your shoulders rejoicing. And when you got home, call in your friends and neighbours saying, Celebrate with me. I found my lost sheep. Count on it. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue. So the third area we see this morning is that God saves people who've been led astray, just like that sheep. Maybe you've believed a lie. Maybe you've been deceived. Maybe you've been wandering aimlessly around in the wilderness of beliefs and can't find your way to the truth. Maybe you became distracted and started following the wrong path. Maybe you've been confused by religion Maybe you know there's a higher power, but you don't know that the one true God who is the highest power in existence is a person. And you just don't know how to get to him. There have been so many tracks presented to you that you don't know which one leads to the truth. But the truth we see this morning is that God has pursued you to find you. He has sought after you to rescue you. He wants to lift you up onto his shoulders and carry you home. 
you are worth waiting for and you are worth dying for. You are worth fighting for. He wants to know you. He's been pursuing you all your life and he wants you to come to him so that you have right standing with God. See, in these three parables this morning, we see that God is a God who saves. God is a God who loves lost people. And in fact, in the setting that we see in Luke 15, when Jesus is telling these parables, he did so because he was challenged in that day by the religious people. And those religious people were calling into question Jesus' authenticity because he was communing with sinners. He was speaking to the outcasts, to the people who had made bad choices in their life and had done all sorts of things and lived with all sorts of regrets. And the religious people who lived to fulfill a code of morality were sitting back and looking at Jesus and criticizing him for what he was doing. Like we saw in that production this morning, Jesus came to save the lost. Jesus came for the sinner. Jesus came for those who make mistakes and are willing to admit that they were mistakes. Jesus came for those who acknowledge their need for him. And in those parables, Jesus was explaining to these religious people the value to him of one human life. That it isn't about what we've done well or what we've done bad, but that every single person on planet earth was fashioned and created by the hand of God, for God, in his image. And that every single person has absolutely irreplaceable value to him. But we need to respond. Everybody has an open opportunity to come to God. But for whatever reason, we resist him. Sometimes we resist him because we think we need to get it together first. Sometimes we resist him because we're caught in our habits and we're going round and round and round the same mulberry bush and we're not really quite sure if we want to exit those habits. Sometimes we don't respond to him because we think we have to understand it all in our brain first. I've been a Christian all my life and I, there's still a lot I don't understand. But I never let what I don't understand stop what I do understand and that's that I know that we serve a loving God we serve a God who goes after the lost in Revelations 3 verse 20 Jesus said behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So this morning we see Jesus knocks on the door, but we've got to respond. We've got to let him in. We've got to make him Lord. We've got to surrender those things in our heart. Who does God save? God saves you. 
every single one of you. All we have to do is hear his voice and let him in. Just in closing this morning, love the worship team to come back up. Wasn't that a beautiful worship song that we learnt this morning? Powerful, love on the line. You put your love on the line to bear the weight of sin that was mine, washing my river of wrongs into the sea of your infinite love. That's what God's done for you this morning. Can we play that song this morning, team? Can we do that? That'd be wonderful. You see, every single one of us were born into this human race, into a nature of sin. Passed down to us when the human race rebelled against our Creator. Living separated from God has been dominating the human race ever since. But our Heavenly Father, the God who created the universe, had a plan. He loved us so much that He sent His Son from heaven in the form of a human and did everything in His power to give us the chance to be restored to Him. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, God's innocent son Jesus was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And, though, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. <laughs> All of us like sheep has gone astray. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Jesus the sins of us all. Every single person has strayed. We have all rebelled against God. Some more than others. But to God, all disobedience is sin. The good news is that Jesus came and took human form and was brought back to life in His divinity. This means we too can have eternal life. The good news is that God gives us the opportunity to embrace a brand new nature, His nature, His heavenly nature, the nature that we were created to walk in. To be born again into new life and adopted as His child and transformed into His very image every day that we're alive. It's not about embracing a religion. It's not about changing a belief system or adopting a code of morality or ticking the right boxes. It's just about believing in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and letting Him in to invite this person 
Jesus Christ to live in you and for you to live in Him. Let's stand this morning. Let's sing together.